Hello and welcome back to season three of the LES podcast. We've got an exciting bunch of guests for you to get stuck into this series and we're so pleased to announce it's sponsored by Tiny Rebel. We've got a whole heap of new social content that's going to come along with our podcast, sponsorship and merchandise. So we'd absolutely love it if you went over to the Instagram at the LES podcast, like the photos, share it to your story and tell your mates. So with no more delay, sit down and soak it up. It's been a while for us, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been like season two. Is it? Season three, Carl. Season three. Season three. I feel privileged to be episode number one. I feel like I'm losing my virginity again. (laughs) (laughs) You're that nervous, you? (laughs) 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 Try not to miss this time. (laughs) Well, so we're here with Joe from Lancaster. Josh. 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 Bloody hell. I'm out of here. Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's, uh, and it's Lang Kamer and Breakfast Radio. This is the first episode of, of season three. Breakfast Records. Breakfast Records. Oh my God, you might want to start that right from the <laughs> top, mate. Do you want to take a moment? Sorry, boys, sorry. So this is it, season three. We'll keep that one in just to make me look like a twat. With Josh from Breakfast Records. You actually Records. just look relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The average show. The first time I ever looked like that, I think. Everyone thinks I'm a twat. <laughs> there was actually once, uh, this is funny story i uh i worked for bristol live for a short period of time writing and i wrote uh i did sober october and they asked me to write a piece about it and i wrote a piece about my experience and i stupidly read the comments at the bottom of the article and (laughs) someone called me a pretentious twaddle (laughs) yeah wow so he started a podcast yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. is this bristol live as in bristol live magazine or bristol Uh, that's bristol live yeah bristol live as in the bristol post Bristol Post. Yeah. 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 Because there was a lot of kerfuffle when they changed their name online to the Bristol Post. Yeah. Because Bristol Live magazine were like, hey, we're still here. But they're not still here anymore. Bristol Post won. won. (laughs) Yeah. But they, um, Bristol Live were arguably more interesting (laughs) reads than Bristol Post, having worked on the the inside. But uh, maybe not keep that one in. Well done on your sober October though, man. You know, Thanks. Don't yeah, worry yeah. about the twaddle. Yeah, it's fine. I don't think it's... Uh, I think it was a big takeaway we said was it's not really like... You know, I don't think it's... Shouldn't be hanging my hat on saying, oh, I've done a month, you know. You 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 don't drink? Am I no, no, I'm doing sober... Uh, two years? Two and a half years. Congrats. Two and a half yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I did do the October one once. Yeah. And I thought this is pretty good, and then yeah, November yeah. came around. I yeah, yeah. got back on the wagon. That's exactly what or I was. Or off the wagon. I can't remember which one's which. <laughs> oh, I think you're on. Depends which wagon you want to be on. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. probably yeah. on the yeah. better wagon, to be fair. And do you find this like it gets easier the longer it goes as well? Uh, yeah, you definitely think about it less. Yeah, definitely think about it less. Like, um, I remember the first couple of like festivals were a bit weird. And now I just never think about it, really. Yeah. 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 Also, it helped that I kind of um, stopped drinking just before the first lockdown. So I just I wasn't going out anywhere anyway. I wasn't like yeah. faced with temptation. I was just yeah. at home watching 
shit films. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of the opposite for a lot of people though. Like lockdown was just like, fuck, just crack a few open because they had nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was remarkable how many people I would see and they'd be like, oh, I've just had nothing to do except just <laughs> get smashed. Yeah, oh. yeah. I was like, ah, there's so many shit films on Netflix. What a way to make you feel worse as well, being locked in the house and just drinking the whole time. Cause yeah, I yeah. did think that as well. Yeah. Like, kind of like, because a lot of people would complain about it and I'd be like, nah, it's been all right, really. I've not had any work on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Speaking of shit films, I was quite annoyed about the reception that the Oceans trilogy got when you were discussing them with <laughs> the guy from Buzzard, Buzzard, Buzzard. Do you know what? That was ruthless, wasn't it? People were looking down their noses at that trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stand with him on 12 and 13. 11, I think, is like a Stone, stone cold classic, 11, yeah. isn't it? 12 and 13 have their... Uh, Thirteen's a bit. <laughs> they have, have their, their place. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feed the ego a bit, they do, don't they? They yeah. just feed it. Oh, yeah, I could settle into another one. Yeah. I do kind of like the bit where Julian Roberts pretends to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was right on that one. But, uh, oh, yeah, I think the first one was... Uh, I thought the first one was class. Brad Pitt eating in pretty much every single scene. Yeah, I did. I once heard a rumour that was in his contract. <laughs> yeah. When he signed on to do the film, he was like, I'll only do it if my character's eating in every scene <laughs> I don't know if that's true that is that's fucking true. genius <laughs> if it is yeah. true but it's yeah. also it's like very much um, it's like not the done thing because uh, it's so hard to film people eating yeah because obviously if you're doing multiple takes the sandwich keeps getting smaller and smaller <laughs> like <laughs> continuity is an absolute yeah. fucking nightmare <laughs> Um, oh, he'd have that first bite know. of a sandwich feeling every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still got an unbelievable rig. Yeah, oh, yeah leave it out, Brad, isn't it? We actually did a music video the other day where Tom's only role was eating a banana. <laughs> <laughs> and he got through so many bananas. And by the end of it, he was just like <laughs> trying to give away some bananas. Like, did a take a few after. bites and then be like, does anyone want no, I think oh, that brings us nicely on to announcement that we are now sponsored by Tiny Rebel. We like he had unlimited bananas. We feel somewhat like we have unlimited cans of Club Tropica and alcohol free, of course. Congratulations! Thanks, thank many you. thanks. Appreciate it, yeah. What does it mean to be sponsored? Do they they're giving you the beers? Yeah, giving we you can't talk contractually on. Uh, <laughs> 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 it means we can put hashtag ad on an Instagram, thing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, is, which is great. Um, I'll do some content. Oh, <laughs> this man <laughs> knows money. Tasty stuff. I think if I was to do that, I'd make it sound a bit more shit and slurpy. Go on then. That first time, yeah. Have a go. We've just lost a little bit. That's a tasty beverage, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I could do another one. But yeah, that's the uh, announcement for season three. We're pretty thrilled about this. So, um, I don't think you need us to tell you that to go and drink Club Tropical is a pretty good beer. But so season three, yeah. What are some of your favourite season threes? Succession. Are we going to tea? Succession season three was damn good. Yeah. Sorry. Damn yeah. Good. Ah, I, I also feel like maybe Always Sunny kind of hits its stride in yeah. season three. This time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think maybe good. a lot of shows hit their stride in season three. Get through like the initial breakthrough, and then yeah, you get some yeah. teething problems out, and then everybody's set on them. So no teething problems today, right? No, <laughs> no, yeah. no none at all. Right. Everything on point. Are we sure? We're yeah, are yeah. you sure? This, are you sure your mic's plugged in? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't, it'd just make me relatable. It's <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram handle. Yeah. Relatable Karen. <laughs> but anyway, let's get to the the crux of why we're here. We, we want to talk about. We'll start off with Breakfast Records, not radio. It's an easy mistake to make. 
<laughs> let's let's talk about the conception of that and how that came about. What what besides wanting to start a label, you know, how did that how did it come to be? How did it come to be? Um there was a group of us who had just moved back to Bristol after university, basically. Um and the two guys, the two people who had the first the idea first, uh actually aren't involved in the label anymore. Thank you very much. So we had our friend Freddie and our friend Jamie and um yeah they they said to me like oh we're starting a starting a record label and I said that's pretty cool can I can I get involved with that and then they were like yeah 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 and uh our friend Dan got involved as well and then Jamie and Freddie both left pretty quickly <laughs> so <laughs> it's just me and Dan left with this thing that you know wasn't necessarily our idea but we had a lot of fun doing it along the way and We've stuck with it, more or less. Yeah. What? What? Because this, uh, to us guys and to outsiders, it might seem like, in the current climate of music, that's a pretty daunting thing to take on. It's, there's more hurdles potentially than the normal record label would face. So. W- yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true. But I think that maybe that only applies if you're really trying to make a living out of it. Yeah. Whereas we just kind of do it for kicks. Yeah. And to lose money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the main purpose. Yeah. Um. No, we just, um, when we moved back, like a lot of us were involved in bands anyway and there was just so much good stuff going on and we really wanted to put on loads of gigs as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, now Bristol has so many great promoters, local promoters and stuff, but I feel like that, especially in terms of like indie rock and that sort of music, there was not that much, like what we're talking now, seven years ago, um, Howling Owl used to put on some great shows um, but I just knew so many people in amazing bands who couldn't get gigs and so we thought fuck it let's give it a go how hard can it be yeah turns out it is quite hard yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you started out putting gigs on before before then releasing music we did, did that follow uh, on we after d- we did like a gig for every release okay and then we found the gigs were so much fun that we started doing more and more and more and more and more um so more, way more gigs than releases and then we we kept that up for years and years um and then the first lockdown happened and i remember i was catching up with dan on the phone and i was like wow it's really nice having all this free time isn't it on the weekends and in the evenings and he, he was like yeah it's it's real good and i didn't want to say it first but you know we were kind of sounding each other out and i was like Maybe when the lockdown's over, we do less gigs and we have more weekends off. And he was like, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Because it's just, it's a lot of hard work. And like, I have so much respect for some of the promoters who've kept it up and like kept the pace just relentless for as long as they have. People like uh, Miles from Gravy Train, just relentless energy for putting on gigs. He's been doing it for like seven years, six years now. And yeah, Rich from 1%. These are people who just like, they're constantly taking financial risks on on bands and but also there's just so much energy goes into fucking driving around with backlines delivering bass amps from one venue to another and that yeah. sort of shit and it's obviously there's a lot of i sound like i hate putting on gigs <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good stuff about it but it is also it's just like kind of exhausting especially if you have a day job as yeah, well yeah, and you're going straight from your day job to drive around Br- bristol collecting bits of backline just to go back to a point you were saying like when you guys started out there wasn't that many promoters doing it within the genre you're doing it do you kind of feel like bristol's got this amazing reputation for like drum and bass and electronic music 
that that's kind of where most of the spotlight the Bristol scene was being put on and there was this whole world of indie kind of music that was being yeah yeah definitely it felt for a long time like the I guess like the nationwide focus was on dubstep drum and bass and I remember um, when you'd leave Bristol and you'd meet people and they'd be like oh Bristol's got like motion and Lakota and stuff right and you'd be like yeah yeah but it's also obviously Bristol has this like incredibly rich history of um, you know fucking reggae and punk and ska music dating Mm. back decades and decades and decades Um, and even like indie rock like we did you ever listen to anything by Sarah Records you heard about Sarah Records it was like this amazing uh, indie label based in Bristol from like the 80s I want to say 80s to like the late 90s they put out so so much music in that period a lot of it was from Bristol but then they spread the net and they were putting out stuff from all over the UK and um, it's kind of sad that no one's heard of them because it's no one's ever heard of them do you know what I mean like I feel a bit bad like (coughs) you know they they put in a lot of good work back in the day put out a lot of good bands Um, but like yeah the the, I don't know like the appetite for a long time was people wanted to hear drum and bass they wanted to hear fucking trip hop as well fair play yeah yeah you know, I used to feel so annoyed when you'd meet someone and they'd be like, oh, Bristol, yeah, 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 like Massive Attack. And I'd be like, no, not like Massive Attack. <laughs> and then after a while, I kind of got over myself and was like, yeah, like Massive Attack, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I ca- yeah, I kind of feel like, and the reason why I asked it was because I kind of felt like for some of my experiences and sharing with Alex, there was times when we came to university at that time where it kind of felt like that was the done thing. And it w- we had an appetite to listen to the sort of music we were more interested in and i did feel like there was a bit of an absence in that being more present at the time and it so it what sort of era are we talking 15 14 15 16 yeah so that was that like the yeah, I, yeah, I, that's I, right. I reckon like 13 14 15 was the glory years of howling owl yeah howling owl records i don't know if you ever listened to them but they like they just put on such good shows um they put on shows like a lot in the um the basement room of the mother's ruin you guys ever been to a gig? Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> tiny. It's yeah. like I think I think they bill it as being forty cap, but yeah, comfortably it's like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you get yeah, ten yeah. people in there, and you're like, wow, good turnout. Pretty packed, but man, Howling Owl put on some of the best nights ever down there. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know because I wasn't really. I was only coming back from uni, you yeah. know, for weekends and stuff, so I wasn't that clued into the scene. And there's going to be loads of people probably listening to this and being like, hey, I don't know, there was, you know, oh, man. Timid Chicken and they yeah. were the best promoters in Bristol. For, yeah. Know, I don't, I don't we're know. Th- three of the most unqualified presenters. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so knowledgeable. No, but everybody has their lane, don't they, you know, and they yeah. look at the city from a different perspective and the scene from a different perspective as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Bristol's fucking good for that as well. Obviously now more than ever. But like, yeah, if you wanted to scratch away at the surface and just you could... You could fucking study the music scene in Bristol. Yeah. You could do a million PhDs on it. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's been so much going on for so long. Yeah, the variability is massive, isn't it? I always feel a bit awkward talking about it because I'm always like, I don't actually know that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about Breakfast Records. But you, so that's about it. You grew up here, right? So what was it like for you growing up and kind of finding your taste as a music fan and musician? Um, before my main memory, to be honest, of like before I went before I left Bristol um, to go to university, my main memory is of the Croft 
which is what's now the Crofters Rights. And it used to be the funniest place. It was just like so grotty. And um, my, all my, because f- I didn't start like playing music until I was in my 20s. So I was never in any bands, but all my friends were in, you know. Yeah. I hope they're n- not listening to this, but pretty awful bands. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of my best mates, they had a metal band called Shred. And uh, I think nice. my, my first ever gigs was going to the Croft to watch Shred and there would be maybe four of us in the crowd trying yeah. to do a little mosh pit. <laughs> like, but yeah, it was great times. Um, and I think like, yeah, th- I don't know. There was, there was just venues all over the place that aren't there anymore, which is kind of sad. There was like 51 uh, on Stokes was a venue. There were, a, there were a couple of venues on Park Street that aren't there anymore. I'm struggling to think of the names of what these places were yeah, called. Like Park Street is now just shit bars. Like yeah, I mean, it, there was still a high concentration of shit bars. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's, <laughs> just, it's just shit bars now and Nando's just shit bars, in there. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, did you used to go... Th- somebody somebody listening to this is going to be like, it was called this. But I can't remember what the venue on Park Street was called, but it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I feel like I'm not really saying very anything very insightful. No, 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 man. You are 100%. Because um, you're, you're painting a picture for what the scene was like in Bristol. And then you became a key part of the scene as well then on your well, routine. I don't know if I'd go that would far. you call, would you say that? I, I would. I would. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Like following you guys on Instagram and like uni and like it's just love it. Yeah, I loved what what you guys were doing and the, the stuff you were putting on. Thanks, man. Yeah, we um Yeah, I guess it's weird because it's like you don't really think you're doing anything that you know, noticeable. Like you, you put on a lot of good gigs and a lot of gigs where nobody turns up and shit. Um, and you kind of think like, oh, nobody's, nobody knows who we are. And then the other day I was at a swimming hole in Oxford, like rural Oxfordshire. And this guy just walked past wearing a breakfast records cap. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> Did he say something? Awesome. Did he say something? No, I didn't. Uh. I didn't. I was too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, it would be a bit of a weird flex to be like, hey, <laughs> nice hat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the moment. Whoever, anytime anyone creates anything, I think that's the moment they kind of, all want to have, you know? Yeah. yeah. You reckon? Yeah. I, well, I think so, yeah. Well, we haven't seen anyone walking around in an LASD shoe yet. Yeah. I mean, that we, that we <laughs> don't know. We know them, yeah. <laughs> we them to wear it. <laughs> Buy it. Um, yeah. I love that I've, like, sort of equated somebody wearing our merchandise there with, like, us having any actual, like, cultural weight. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. But, like, yeah, there was, like, when we were talking about um, putting on loads of gigs, there was just, like, there was one year, like 2017 or 2018, where we were just putting on more or less one gig a week, occasionally two, and we were just having a lot of fun. Um, and people would say, like, oh, you guys are absolutely killing it. Like, you know, you're a big part of the music scene in Bristol. And I'd st- even then, I would still have imposter syndrome and be like, no, no way. Yeah. Like, I don't even know which cables go where. <laughs> I just show up and, you know, take people's money on the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think imposter syndrome would, like, happens to everyone no matter how successful they get I th- that's kind of the impression i get do you reckon yeah. yeah there's been a bit of a common thread when people look, do open up when we have these co- podcasts and stuff yeah. is that imposter syndrome does yeah. creep through and like boys and know i suffer from it massively as well or have done yeah uh, so yeah i think it is like well that's not, col- to say, that's not to say that cal and i don't yeah Spain does a phd where it's probably you know it's respectable and reputable people I've not been in a position where I feel imposter syndrome yet, but I'm sure I will <laughs> feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will. But, yeah. And you think it never goes away? 
Yeah, well, what about I, Kanye? I, yeah, <laughs> Kanye Sky's <laughs> imposter syndrome. Do you know what? I was about to say, I don't think you know imposter syndrome happens with people who are really successful, and I've not asked anyone really, really successful whether they, <laughs> yeah. are, they have it. But yeah, seems like cu- quite a common thing to chat to bands um, where you'll be like, "Man, that band's doing really well. Like they're getting all these opportunities that I want to get, and they're doing this and this and this." And then you actually talk to them, and you're like. You guys seem to be doing really well. And they're like, really? You think so? Nah. No yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Nobody's nobody's fucking content with their lot, are they? That's the problem. I think we were saying about it in a previous episode, but it is like, it's the projection of like what you would aspire to do when you're younger. So like, you know, not to be disrespectful, but if you're like an accountant or something, you don't find yourself sit there crunching numbers going, man, I can't believe like I've, <laughs> I've, I've got myself here now after years of dreaming. But if you're a kid and you dream of playing a show at like, a certain venue and you're like fuck you know even if it's louisiana you're like shit i used to come in what shows it's mad i'm playing one here i think it's just the nature of the profession a little bit more than yeah the scale of the that success. is probably true isn't it but if there's any accountants out there who do feel that i'm, I'm sorry but <laughs> <laughs> i think also boring life you live i think also like being there counts for a lot of it as well like actually taking part and contributing is often just and uh, like more than enough and there's more than what a lot of people would dream to give as well. Mm. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. When when you, when you talk about uh, artists you spoke to, and then with breakfast, is there in terms of artists you work with, I- is it an organic process, or are you like, we've heard them, we really like them, we want to work with them, or is that not organic? Well, not as that so sounds much pretty as organic. To not me. so much as like I think when you have a community of friends who are musicians and know musicians in your city. That feels a bit more collaborative. Or do they come yeah, to you? Or do they like come to you? Um, it was much more like that at the start where it was just people we knew pe- or people we'd met at gigs. And, um, you know, you'd go and watch a three-band bill. You only knew one of the bands. You'd yeah. support, ba- support bands. You'd be like, wow, these guys are great. I wonder if anybody has put them out on tape yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd, that's when we'd swoop in with our, <laughs> <laughs> with our contract and our tape machine. Um, and then as the profile grew of the label I guess like we did start getting a lot of submissions um, to the point where it was getting a bit nuts and me and Dan were a bit overwhelmed by it because there would be days where we'd be getting like dozens and dozens and dozens of emails we'd get like fucking hip hop hip hop artists from Florida being like, hey, Shit. I love your record label. Do you want, and so you haven't listened to anything we've got. <laughs> you don't love our record label. Um, we got so many fucking funny ones over the years. Um, but m- to be honest, like, I'm trying to remember if we've ever actually put anybody out based on a unsolicited email. I'm pretty sure it's oh, al- really pretty sure it's always just been like people we've seen or yeah, or we've heard them and approached them. Do you know what I mean? Um, Tell a lie, there was a Swedish band called Dim Vanilla who emailed us, who were very good. We put them out. Yeah, sick. But I think that maybe is the only one we ever put out where like they came to us. But isn't that going to isn't that like perhaps a marker of success that like people fr- that you don't know are trying to get in on Breakfast Records? I always think it's quite funny. Um, there's like a dichotomy of the actual success and what's going on behind the scenes where I'm fucking <laughs> sat at my desk at my day job 
getting ding 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 emails coming through being like <laughs> i love your record label can you sign us and give us a, and it's like we don't have any money <laughs> like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. like there's such a weird gap in people's perception i think like you get you know x amount of instagram followers and people are like wow that record label they must mm. have money to spend on my vinyl it's like no we don't <laughs> i'm sorry yeah. but i think I like to think, I don't know, maybe because we just follow music a little bit more, but I'd like to think people are a bit more in tune that there's a little bit more of a, not crisis, but it's a lot tougher in the current climate than it used to be. I don't think as many yeah. people are. Yeah, that golden age of labels reaping in the cash yeah. is kind of not there anymore, is it? Well, I think for labels it maybe is. Especially like some of the the majors are making crazy money off, off streaming at the moment. Well, yeah, but they have like yeah. a monopoly on it, right? So yeah, it's the, yeah, it's exactly. The but I think like, I don't feel like being an indie label has ever, ever had like a real. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Know. Yeah, I might be wrong. But then, um, it, then I would argue then that it, not, there's not always had a golden age, but it's even less of not having a golden age right <laughs> yeah, now yeah, because yeah. of the streaming. That could be true. That could well be how true. it all works. So what do you think? Like the, best, the best era must have been like, when. Um, CD sales were way up because CDs yeah. are so cheap to make, but they still were charging, you know, nearly the same as a vinyl for them back in the day. But like when they were still up, but iTunes had come in, yeah. And so like people would be paying, you know, ten pounds for an album just for a digital download. The label has zero costs. Oh man, yeah. you know, like they must have just yeah. been making so much money from all of that. Do you think you're having started later though? You know, do you think you're better equipped to help? artists through the streaming process or do you think because it's always been that way since you started or uh not really no. no it's just they're just such fickle gods we have no fucking idea how to how to satisfy the streaming gods whatsoever oh. like i don't think we've ever anything we've put out has ever been put on like an editorial spotify playlist i think maybe there's a degree of nepotism involved i don't want a huge mm. degree of nepotism. Yeah, yeah like yeah. we don't know anybody who curates a spotify playlist mm. like and you then have to then post online saying thank you for putting me in your playlist to keep them happy and it's yeah. kind of like a yeah. teat sucking exercise <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> suck all the teat yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> spotify teat what's his name daniel heck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah him love to suckle his teeth <laughs> 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 but then you know if, if you're not so worried about that it kind of takes the pressure off of like the need for like streaming and stuff and then you could i don't know i suppose it gives the artists a bit more freedom to just yeah i think there's there's definitely a degree of freedom once an artist just puts up their hands and goes right we're never going to make any money from streaming it's just <laughs> yeah. not going to happen yeah. Yeah. so let's think about other ways of making money i.e shows and yeah. merch yeah. yeah. So do you release stuff on vinyl and tape? And do yeah, you, we do, have do, you do do that stuff. Yeah. 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 We. Um, I'm trying to remember the last one we did. I'm feeling a bit bad now that we haven't put anything out for a while. Um, <laughs> well, that wasn't an indication of that. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, to be honest, with like vinyl stuff, there's a big financial risk. Everybody probably knows that already, right? But like to be buying even a hundred vinyl costs you a grand, so you have to sell them for 10 pounds each to make your money back and that's if you sell all 100 um so to begin with we just loved doing tapes and cds because i think the 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 object itself isn't that important for people maybe the sorts of people who buy music like they just want to support the band yeah mm. they yeah, don't necessarily yeah. care whether they're buying a vinyl or a tape because like we get so many people coming up to the merch table and being like 
does anybody have a tape player anymore? Yeah. And you'd be like, well, does anyone have a fucking record player anymore? Like, yeah. pe- people with record players are the minority. Yeah, Most yeah, people yeah. don't have them. Most people don't have CD players anymore. It's just a fucking bookshelf yeah. with music you like on it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Most yeah, of the time. Is, yeah. And it's also like, it's like you say, it's supporting the band, but then the band offering the supporters something back in their support. So rather than just setting up like a Patreon page and going, can you just send me money to do what I do? Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, that's pretty popular now though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Stuff. And like, and like it's within Spotify as well. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. There's that donate button. Yeah. We set up that donate button. Has it worked? We thought no one will ever donate to this. We had one donation and it was for 50 pounds. Oh, pretty decent, anonymous. Right? Or yeah. Oh, that's completely not anonymous. Fair play. Probably my mum. Thanks, mum. Keep it up, Josh. I actually do pay for her Spotify subscription. She's on my family plan. (laughs) (laughs) What goes around comes around, you know? (laughs) So you paid for that (laughs) (laughs) t shirt. So, yeah, so moving forward, I guess you're you're, you're part of a band as well, so we don't want to talk too much about. The record label, because you're part of a great band and making great music. Do you want to talk about how that came to be alongside the label, or was it before? Or yeah, it was pretty. Um, um, it owes a lot to the label because uh, Lankhammer's guitarist Dan Anthony is the co-founder of Breakfast Records, and we were putting on all these gigs, and we would fucking sit at the at the merch table or taking people's tickets and we just chat all night about like the basically like we were just really into country at the time and i was like i'd quite like to start a country band and dan was like well i've been writing a lot of country guitar <laughs> parts lately i said well maybe we make this happen um so it's pretty um yeah it's pretty organic i don't think it was like it wasn't forced at all it was no. pretty good and there was always like uh mates of ours who were great players who were up for it so we went through a few different mates. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, I think roughly, um, the current guys, Tom and Ed, got involved and it kind of took on a new form uh, because those guys are just virtuosos and brought so much to the table. Like, yeah, we really gel, I think, with those guys. They're amazing yeah. players. And that, that album you released, West Country, was that kind of songs that, had been written in that collection before the band members came together. There was, was there was there was two on the album that were written before those guys joined, um, the Earthquake and Upshit Creep, and the Earthquake was written before the band even formed. Right. So, do you guys know Milo's Planes? That band. I've heard their name on, on Slonk. Big Jeff put them on to us actually. Yeah, episode. Jeff loves them. But um, the lead singer of Milo's Planes and Slonk and formerly Let's Kill Janice and me, you and Thomas. One of the most incredible songwriters Bristol's ever known. I had a jam with him and we wrote The Earthquake with our friend Ben Jufkins. And then when we had the first Landcammer jam, I was like, well, I've kind of got this song already, <laughs> which is like a little bit old country. And it still is one of our most popular songs, which is kind of annoying. It's like when you play Pac-Man or whatever, you set your, set your high <laughs> score really early on and you're always trying to beat your high score. <laughs> People just still love that fucking first song. <laughs> you know what I mean? likened your music releases to Pac-Man. I've been playing a lot of Pac-Man lately. <laughs> it's pretty good. Google, they did like one of those, is it like a Google Doodle or whatever, where the, the, the Google logo yeah, was yeah. a Pac-Man game. Yeah. 
they did that and I was like hey Pac-Man that looks like fun and played it and do you get that fucking addictive <laughs> <laughs> really do you get that thing where you get with Tetris where you visualise it in your sleep is that a thing you get with Pac-Man uh, I, I had it with Tetris not yet I did oh. used to have that with Tetris I had Fuck. the Tetris app on my phone yeah and it was like a thousand times more addictive than any Instagram or yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's a genuine thing because I I used to play it at school because we had like the maths website to use and yeah. they had a form of Tetris so I used to just <laughs> hammer Tetris at school and then you kind of lay down close your eyes go to sleep and you physically you just cannot stop picturing Tetris yeah you know? yeah it's yeah it's like a a known thing and you're laid there and you're just like picturing the shapes and you're doing the Tetris dreams baby oh, <laughs> and it was it was I just was laid there like did stop, it <laughs> stop. Was, did it keep you awake yeah, yeah. you're just like you're doing it and you you just how do you how do you relax when you're like, like you're telling yourself to relax, and the more you tell yourself to relax, the less you relax. Have you ever worked in a pub? Yeah. Did you did you ever find I've found like a lot of people have this when they get back from a shift and they get straight into bed and close their eyes and they're just pulling pints. <laughs> 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 like I used to have this all the time when I worked in a pub. I just close my eyes and try and get to sleep, and I was just in my brain. I was just pulling pints. And it's I guess it's that thing where you're filling. It's kind of you similar. It's all I could see behind my eyes. Filling a hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what's your role in the band then? I am the drummer. Right. And the singer. Or one of the singers. Oh, that's cool. And it's, it's you, I was going to ask, because you said you didn't start playing until your 20s. Yeah, yeah. I st- started drumming quite late on. So how, what was the gap between you starting to drum and the band kind of coming um, to existence? I think I started drumming when I was 22. Uh, yeah, 2013. Yeah, 22. And then we started the band in 2017 or 2018. So there was a few years to practice first. Yeah. Um, but when we started, I was like, there's no way I can be the drummer and the singer. I'm not, you know, I can't do that. So we tried to get somebody else to sing. And uh, they were, this is our friend Ben. And I would be telling him these lyrics I'd written and being like, you've got to sing this one like this. And he eventually he was just like, you probably should just sing them yourself because <laughs> yeah. you know how to do them. And uh, It's a hard instrument to play and sing, though. That's what everyone say. says, yeah, but yeah. if it's the only instrument you know how to play, I don't think yeah. I don't think it is. Like, I think I think it would be way harder to play guitar and sing. I think it still blows my mind watching people play instruments and sing. Yeah. Having had half a crack at playing a guitar and half a crack at <laughs> playing a drum I don't, and no crack at singing, I don't know how everybody can do it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Like That just blows my mind. Well, we should give it up for Bane. Bane did his first gig these last four I months. I did. First, he's done I two did. gigs. Congrats. Thanks. Just, it was a, just a cover gig. <laughs> You're playing instrument and singing at the same yeah. time, man. Which we've yeah, and you got your shoes off as well, man. Like so you yeah, really are a rock and roll first, star. First time I was a little uh, little nervous and I had the shoes on. <laughs> Second time around, I kicked them off and I was good to go in. Yeah. yeah, yeah nice. I was with my partner, Emma, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Guys. Duet. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, so you... Sunny and Cher. <laughs> Similar vibe. Meatloaf yeah. and share. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. More meatloaf, yeah. Still waiting <laughs> with my yeah. top off. <laughs> Still waiting for the islands in the stream cover in the next. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'm there. <laughs> we'll do the harmonies. Um, yeah. So we do you playing drums in the band, and then did you just then kind of feel comfortable enough when rehearsals and jamming just to start singing in front of everyone and, and giving it a crack? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, just something that like. To begin with, I was very much like, there's no way I can do both. I'm just yeah. going to fuck up one or the other. Um, and then eventually I realised I could just fuck up both and nobody would mind if I just if I keep smiling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dan keeps playing those guitar solos. Nobody notices my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But I think the vocals in like the sound that you guys have are like really like key and strong feature. I don't think it comes across as like a, a not not an afterthought. No, yeah, I know, know what you mean. Yeah, I guess um, that probably comes from the way that we write songs being quite weird. It's quite like vocal first. Okay. Like I'll I'll show it to practice and be like, so I've written this song, but it doesn't have any music to it. It's just you know. I'll just fucking sing an acapella song to yeah. my bandmates and they'll write a song around it. So do you write a lot, but then when you write, do you, are you just writing sort of words down or are you writing words down with a melody in your head? Yeah, I always have a melody in my head. Um, occasionally I have a melody for like a guitar part, Yeah, which I think the guys find really annoying. And I'm like, it goes like... Not that one, obviously. That yeah, I I remember saying that to like one of my friends asked me about it a while back, and I told them that, and they were like, "That is the funniest image I've, I've had in a while." <laughs> you singing guitar solos. <laughs> uh, Try putting boys back in town on top of that image as well. <laughs> How do you manage that though? To like hit, like hear the melody as you as you write it if you're not playing an instrument. I don't know. Yeah, like a couple of people have asked me that. I don't know. It's just there in my head. Just um. They're all fucking rip-offs of other songs anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why. The, you, from what I've read about you guys, you have pretty strong chemistry as a group of friends, and you like to have a laugh and sense of humour amongst what you guys do. Does that feed into the... Yeah, the I think you've got, you've got to fucking... Yeah, you've got to not take yourself too seriously. You hear a lot about bands arguing and bickering on the road, and I think like more often than, that, than not, that's just people you know, taking themselves a bit seriously yeah. mm. and... Like, um, I think, yeah, being actually like really good friends with the people you're in a band with is probably the most important thing, especially yeah. if you're touring and you, you know, touring is fucking hard and it's exhausting. So if you're not having a good time, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Do you enjoy playing live versus songwriting? Is there, is there yeah, a preference? Yeah, I think um, I was re- reflecting on this recently, actually, because we had a fucking rubbish show <laughs> where... Um, <laughs> You know, usually we love playing, but uh, and like when it's good, it's the best feeling. But when it's bad, it's so fucking annoying. Like when like this gig we had recently, the bass amp just wouldn't work for the entire gig, so we did half the gig without bass, and then the other half with Tom sort of just looking around at us, like <laughs> the bass cutting in and out. It was fucking rubbish. And we come off stage and everyone's like, "Oh, great gig!" And you're like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was really annoying. Where was that? Uh, I probably shouldn't say because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can be throwing some shade. <laughs> um, now, nah, to be fair, like it was at the Lanes, which is an amazing venue, um, and it was for an all dayer. So they had a fucking cheap bass amp on for like twelve hours, and eventually it's yeah. cut out. So it's like, you know, it's nobody's fault necessarily. Yeah. Maybe the Lanes should buy a more expensive <laughs> bass amp. Um, but yeah, no, when, when, when it's good, playing live is, is a really great thing. Like, you just have so much fun. You meet so many great people. Um, and yeah, you can feel on top of the world. It's like, mm. fucking hell, like, it's the best thing for your ego. It yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah. Like, we always say when we come back from tour, we get annoyed that there's nobody applauding us every night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you put your, you put your dinner, your dinner <laughs> yeah. down in front of your girlfriend. You're like, voila, dinner is served. <laughs> <laughs> like, cheers. You're like, 
Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Ask, asking for the encore. A bit of a, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rolls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to try and keep your ego in check. But <coughs> when you have a good gig and there's like a lot of people applauding you, fucking hell. You can see why pop stars become such cunts. <laughs> <laughs> you really yeah, can. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And they don't have imposter syndrome either. Yeah. No, yeah. no way. When yeah, to talking of venues, you recorded in Louisiana. Yeah, the in the basement, yeah. That's amazing. That's, That's pretty cool, really cool yeah. Concept. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, it's actually, so now they have converted it into like an actual recording studio, yeah. which is really nice. Um, but when we did it, it was a beer cellar. <laughs> so um, it was a bit rough around the edges. But Did you record it yourselves? Did you set it all up? And No, no, there's um, a friend of ours called Will Carkeet who plays in Robbie and Mona. And... Um, he's moved to London now, but he for for a while he was like the resident producer down in the beer cellar, and um, we were only going to do a couple songs with him because we'd only been a band the four of us for a few months, and then um, we thought, yeah, we can't put out an album now, and we had a beer with him, and he was like, so how many songs are we doing? And we were like, oh, maybe like two or three, and he was like, well, how many have you got? And we were like. 12 and he's like yeah we'll do 12 <laughs> we'll do 12 we're like, that's an album Will he's like yeah 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 we'll do the debut album yeah, yeah. we just went real. along with it we're like fine why not I think it was refreshing it was fucking lockdown as well like gigs weren't happening we didn't have anything else to do yeah, yeah right quite a good thing for us like a lot of bands they they wait for so long because they want their debut album to be like a big a big drop or whatever and I'm kind of glad that we did eventually just go yeah fuck it let's just put one out 100%. yeah the amount of bands that we talk to that seem to have stuff racked yeah. up for like yeah. ages yeah. don't Heavy they lungs. just get <laughs> 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 yeah. well I was we weren't going to throw any shit that? Yeah. That, was like, that was like season one was he on yeah. or season two <laughs> that album's still not out yeah. yet yeah. come uh, on boys hurry it up but then it's, uh, it's so many other bands as well that like we haven't even spoke to and you just think I don't know what the I don't know what the relationship is with their label or something but it kind of feels like some bands are being promoted and on this promotional campaign that a big band would be on. Mm. And it's kind of like, I don't know if the mystique and holding these tunes back is going to work as much. Just l- people want to hear the tune, especially yeah. if they see them live on a small show and a tour. Yeah, the I, country. Th- I think the cynic in me always thinks like, well, they probably don't have very many good songs. <laughs> yeah, well, there you <laughs> go. But yeah. in reality, I'm sure a lot of people but then do. When you see a live show and you they play a great setting you want to go back and listen to it and you can't yeah nothing on there or one and it's like yeah i do think it's a bit weird isn't it there does seem to be like a current trend in the industry to like not put music out yeah Yeah. and i fucking love listening to music Mm. (laughs) i don't know about you guys but that's what i'm doing the problem is when most of the day is just listening to music yeah and when the band's not that big because there's no mystic you lose interest exactly i knew when i was interested in that like six months ago you know like to a point you're like you just you move on a bit don't you musicians in the world who can just be quiet for a few months and then release something and everyone love it yeah everyone else kind of ha- you've got to play the game a little bit haven't you and, and release music to and tease and yeah drop but then i think yeah. that maybe now that is part of playing the game is not yeah. putting music out and mm. being like it's trying, trying, to, trying to have that mystique everybody's yeah. attention spans are so short yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know flicking through a timeline you could easily yeah yeah we want to we're, we're thinking maybe we'll try and do the king is thing just put out album after oh, album. Oh, you like shouldn't have said that, maybe. They did the exact opposite, right? Of, <laughs> of the like mystique thing. They were just like, yeah, we, c- we can do five albums in a year. Yeah. No problem. And then look how well that's working for them. Obviously, the music h- stands up. But like. Yeah, it just makes you realize there's more than one way to 
play the game. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. kind the of mod- do it on your own terms. The modern that they're using is the one you described earlier. It's all about releasing records and going on tour and selling merch. Yeah. 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 It yeah. seems, I mean, it seems radically different, but it's not really, is no, it? That's why <laughs> I, I don't yeah. like, I even play the game. I think they write, like, record an album the same way you did with West Country. I'm like, oh, that's good. Let's get it, put it out there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they maybe um, did do, like, a lot of fucking slog as well, didn't they? Like, they, they weren't one of these overnight successes, Gears. They, like, they, what, had, they had, like, five albums before they yeah. were even playing overseas, I think. Yeah. Um, Bane is the biggest gizzard you'll ever meet. So <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. Were you upset to hear about? For the listener, <laughs> he's <laughs> just shown me a giz oh. tattoo. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> the listener doesn't need any, indi- like, every fucking episode. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't me who brought him up. Yeah. <laughs> we were thinking about getting a jar for every time he t- brings Giz jar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a quid. Giz jar. Yeah. Quid. Sounds, sounds a bit weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <did> you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon to his uh, what's he got he's got Crohn's, Crohn's, Crohn's disease yeah, yeah. honestly um, I, uh, I just have more respect for him yeah, now yeah for playing for so fucking hard he does, yeah. yeah yeah and yeah well, I hope for speedy recovery and I know it's pretty a sad to not see him in August this time process yeah well, were you going all pussies that was the plan that was the plan I'm not going yeah. now like I hadn't actually got my tickets yet but I was like have yeah, you seen them before yeah I've seen them a few times they're um, pretty different gravy they played a festival I was at in California a few years ago go and they played for two hours without any pause <laughs> like just non-stop yeah they just didn't stop i think at one point you know a couple of guitarists stopped to tune but the drummers they were literally just drumming for two hours it's incredible isn't it it was fucking insane i was yeah. like what and how how is it that there's like however many of them there are seven of them now six six there's just six of these superhumans that happen to know each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. weird, isn't it? Like yeah. one of them is astonishing, but the fact that there's six of them and they all w- were living in the same city at the same time, and they all get on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just started off as like a bunch of mates playing a, a band in a uh, playing a set in a house party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that. Is that, that how it, the uh, inception? I know that if Dan were here, he would bring out his fact that he loves, which is that they formed after going to an OC's show. Oh, really? Apparently. Apparently that's they where the th- uh, mic deep throating comes from. Yeah, yeah. I, think yeah. I think that's where quite a lot I of the tricks come from. You can hear a fair bit of influence, can't you, on that one? <laughs> yeah, I think we should definitely. do a part two episode with you and have Dan and Bane doing a giz off. <laughs> <laughs> and the giz jar in the middle. No, no, no. <laughs> no Dan, Dan's, like Dan's an OC's guy. That's uh, why he likes, really to, that's why he likes uh, to bring it up. Is he a the OC's or the OC? Yeah. Versies? They got about eight different. He loves them all. Um, but yeah, anytime I'm like, oh, sweet, have you heard this this new Giz song? He's like, yeah, sounds quite a lot like this OC song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cantankerous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we should uh, deep dive into the tune. I think that's a good time. Yeah, Let's absolutely. Let's deep dive. Let's do it. Yeah, and now we're deep diving. So we just, so the track's a humdinger. And I guess a good place to jump off is just the right, the, the initial writing process. We're not going to go through chronologically like, you know all of that but how how did it the fruition of that what was the first part of it was it the track yeah um we're going back a couple of years now it was during that first lockdown um and i feel like everybody's lives had taken on a kind of weird new routine um and i was reflecting on like routine in general and i um 
I was thinking about my mum basically and how like post retirement her routine has changed and she's got this because she worked she was a GP for like 40 years and I think she was doing lots of like 12 hour days and I think it's probably quite a fucking weird thing to go from doing that for 40 years to retiring and being like hmm (laughs) yeah what now Um, and so I was just yeah the song is just about more or less just about her going through her day yeah and her week and um it's a humdinger established the, the lyrics and the writing the words came first with this one yeah more or less built around um it. more or less and presu- like what happens most of the time is i've got one song in my head and that's what i want it what's what i think it's going to sound like and then i talk to the guys about it or i sing it to them and uh it just ends up sounding totally different to how yeah. i pictured it which i think is kind of a testament to those guys and their levels of creativity um in their vision but um I do remember I had the drum beat with that one because I had the, I was doing like trying to play around with um I, d- I don't know a lot of very technical drum knowledge and so I'm going to use one here tentatively. I was playing around with sixteenths, okay. sixteenth notes. <laughs> is that is that the right term? <laughs> Some so. drummers are going to yeah, be listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so people playing around with like uh, swung sixteenths basically, um, and I was doing yeah. Um, just playing around with that and being like, this is this is quite cool. This um, sounds nice on the hi hat, and then start playing them on the rims of the drums, and yeah, it sort of gave this good. song like a whole new percussive feel. Um, and I remember w- we, when we were writing it, like um, there's quite a funny old old fella runs our practice studio, and he like knocked on the door, and he was like, "What's that one drumming you doing?" It's like, <laughs> huh? it's like it must be like a bunch is it a percussionist or something i was like nah man this is all me yeah. like, mate that's absolutely wicked that's so lush <laughs> drum beat it's like thanks man <laughs> we'll send it to you when it's done <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so he's interrupted your session to come and tell you he likes they it. interrupt quite a lot they've got a fucking mad dog that just constantly runs around like and you're just we'll be halfway through a song and you hear a weird noise and it's just the dog barking at the door <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So it's quite a, it's quite a bonkers place to be honest. Just going <laughs> back to the lyrics of uh, how, how that started. Obviously, you say it's about your mum kind of transitioning to retirement, but is there like a projection, or I guess like a universality that comes, the feelings that you're describing that can be applied to other aspects of life? So maybe your own, or because I think what we got from it was, and that be more indicative of where we are in our lives, but like the transition of mid 20s to late 20s as well oh i hadn't talked about that no um i mean that's kind of in a way that's the beauty of music isn't it is yeah it, you mm. know somebody can hear a, hear a song and be like oh yeah that's about this yeah but it's actually not yeah <laughs> i guess yeah like i said i guess it's indicative of where we are but, but it kind of pr- i guess yeah i mean what do they say change is the only constant in life and yeah i think like you know you can relate that to anything can't you like the yeah the change from working into retirement the change from late 20s to 
early 30s for yeah. me. Get pretty old. Um, yeah, man, you look younger than me, so. The viewer can't see. Yeah. <laughs> for the viewer, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> the viewer, the listener. Yeah, very kind. Um, yeah, um, I suppose there's definitely an element of like, because I remember someone saying to me, oh, that song's about lockdown, right? And I was like, mm, yeah, kind of, not really. Like, I was frustrated in lockdown because I had this shit new routine. Um, I couldn't go out and do the things I wanted to do. But like, it's really more just about like, fucking routine in general. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's a killer. It's an absolute yeah. fucking yeah. killer. And even having written that song, I've I found like since I just keep falling into these fucking routines. You know, everybody does, don't they? When you've got a when you've got a day job, um, and all the best things I always think happen when you're not in that routine. Yeah. Yeah. That's like all the best things in life, right? Is when you're breaking the routine and going and doing something fun. But um, it's just such a fucker how easy it is to fall into those boring, lazy habits. Yeah. Playing Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, yeah I, but listening to it, for me, I did pick up on some like, well, it made me reflect on my quarter life crisis then, I suppose. Yeah. Not, am I having one right now? I don't know. Going to live past am. 100. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are having one because I'm having one and we're all having one. Who's that like juxtaposition or the contrast between like, um, there is comfort in routine in some ways because it does mm. kind of like make life quite smooth living sometimes depending if you've got a positive routine or not yeah. but then like you say it's that spontaneity and that spark is what causes the joy yeah so it's that kind of like but it's weird isn't it like you say there is so much comfort in like yeah. the familiar isn't yeah. there yeah. Mm. But then like I'm still ordering well. the same thing from the Chinese takeaway that I was <laughs> when I was 15 <laughs> and I never order anything different <laughs> and here I am trying to preach about how <laughs> yeah, variety yeah. is the spice of life you've got to go out and try <laughs> new things Duck in plum sauce, please. Yeah. <laughs> Once a month, every month. For the last, <laughs> for the last 15 years. years. On the third Wednesday <laughs> every month as well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think there is, you know, there's a lot to be said for it. And um, when you, you know, when you fucking go and explore furthest reaches of Timbuktu, probably you'll be craving the, the routine of home and missing some of the familiarities. But it's just, yeah, I guess there's a... A balance to strike. You do. You need the balance of the, of the challenge, don't you? Yeah. The yeah, yeah. And the out of comfort zone yeah. experiences. It's, a, it's all about balance. I remember reading as well. Like, that's one of the things that that leads to like dementia is not doing anything new, right? Really? So if, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Set, yeah so if you like start trying to learn the language when you're in your fifties or whatever, it's gonna help your brain stay sharp. And I think that's. There's a lot in that, do you know what I mean? Like your brain yeah. requires new challenges. Yeah, because a lot of people think that like as you old as you get older, your brain becomes less plastic. That's yeah. not necessarily true. It's because people stop using their brains. Yeah, the, like the behaviour makes to it to the more. same yeah. extent yeah. that they Definitely. would do in younger life. So, but yeah. it's uh, I I think maybe it, maybe things get harder as you get older. I don't know. Hard more responsibility. I I'm trying to learn the guitar at the moment, and it's a lot harder than trying to learn the drums was really you know a few years ago are there any crossovers that you kind of take nah. well, <laughs> no I was, really. I was gonna make a I, comparison maybe there's like slight elements of um what between guitar and drums well i was gonna make a comparison but it's one of those really lofty ones but like i remember dave grohl <laughs> saying that he would treat like the fretboard as like cymbals and the bass drum and the strings on the fret like what that. an idiot yeah <laughs> but then i guess <laughs> Quite a loft, it's quite a lofty comparison. Nah, sorry, Dave. Yeah, if yeah. you're listening, Dave. Bullshit. I don't mean it. Don't mean yeah, it. Bullshit. <laughs> um, you're not coming on here. Nah, not really. I think like, um, 
I find myself occasionally, like, I'm still so shit at guitar. I find myself occasionally making something sound nice, and then I realize that the only reason it sounds nice is because I'm doing a particular rhythm mm. with my right hand. So right, it's yeah. basically just drumming on the string. That's you know what I mean? Borderline the hard, hardest part, though, of, like, learning guitar, I'd say. It's not the F. Is, uh, I can't fucking make my hand do that F. It's so <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard, man. Yeah. But I, I play guitar, but I've been seriously considering getting some drums recently. Like seriously, it's funny because um, the guys, the guys, whenever I leave the room at band practice, I come back and someone's on the drum kit, and then I'm like, "Come on, let's yeah. pra- let's practice some songs." And they're like, "But the drums is the best bit, yeah. man. This is the most fun." I'm like, "Well, what am I trying to learn guitar for then? Like, you know what I mean? It's hundred. Everyone says it's like the most cathartic instrument. When I watch a gig, it's hundred percent the one I'm like." I wish I was doing that. Really? Yeah, every time. Every time. Do you, are you set up as a traditional band when you play live? Are the, the drummer towards the back or are you front and center? Nah, we try and front? we try and get me a, not not in the front but like we've had like we had it as me at the back for for ages and we did always have people coming up and going I couldn't see you. <laughs> yeah. It took me 20 minutes to work out who was singing. <laughs> but uh, maybe we should try and, you know, Front and, center. and it won't be long before I'm, you know, in some sort on some sort of platform at the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dudes behind me. A glass me, box like, yeah, being yeah, floated yeah. across yeah. the ground. Yeah, I've yeah. got all the lights on me. They're in the dark yeah. at the back. That's my dream, really. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Maybe one of those big uh, rotating cages like yeah, yeah. Crew. <laughs> <laughs> So with with the song, I I read that there's a part in it, kind of during the breakdown, where it's like a voice note. Of a band of screaming oh, yeah, yeah. put back into a loop. Like, can you explain a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, I actually, I forgot about that, but that is such an amazing noise. It's, um, I think, yeah, Ed was just screaming into his phone, <laughs> uh, got a voice note, and then played his phone kind of as a slide above the pickup. Yeah, so the pickup just kind of heard his. Yeah, and it kind of filtered it through that, which I think is a trick stolen from the guitarist in that band Weaves. Have you ever okay. seen Weaves from no. Toronto? And um, the guitarist just spends half the gig just screaming into his pickup, <laughs> not playing any <laughs> fucking chords or anything, just yelling. <laughs> and it sounds amazing. sounds great in the tune yeah well that's the thing isn't it it's like it is it is silly and stupid but it sounds great and we find that so often in practice where somebody will be doing something quite stupid and we're like that actually sounds lush <laughs> it is stupid but fuck it like, yeah, yeah yeah it would it, it's the second track on the album was it when you when you guys wrote this and kind of finished recording it were you like yeah this is this is one of the ones that stands out in the album or well, I guess it, everyone has their own favorites but as a single uh it was I think it was quite an obvious single from the start um because without wanting to blow our own trumpet it's very catchy right well, it's mm. fucking class yeah. and, um you know when you're when you're practicing like once or twice a week and uh, and you come back and somebody goes oh I've had this fucking song stuck in my head all week you all start thinking that's probably going to be the single then yeah but because it's got like it's like slightly 12 bar blues type vibe 
uh, we were there was a reluctance to put it out as a single because we were like we don't want people thinking we're a fucking blues band yeah you know like 12 bar blues or whatever um, but I think it's, it's obviously not like classic yeah. blues or anything is it it's like definitely it's own thing so we eventually settled on it as as um, I think it was the second single we, we put out for the album yeah did a um, an amazing music video with the guys from Clump Collective um, where it was the weather was similar to this it was so fucking hot we went out to this spot on the seven beach um like the estuary along there and we just had the stupidest day and it was so silly i think really accelerated by the fact that we all just had varying degrees of heat stroke yeah. throughout the day <laughs> delirium <laughs> and uh, i had recently shaved my head and had completely i, I just didn't put any sunscreen on oh, it oh. so everything else i was like really religious about putting sunscreen on i was like don't want to get a burnt nose or any of that but the top of my head just <laughs> burnt throughout the day easy oh. mistake to make mate it really okay. is and yeah like um i was just running around all day in the sun and i remember like kind of collapsing at the end of yeah. the day and being like oh i feel absolutely fucked what's going on and then sort of pl- put a hand to my head and was like whoa <laughs> 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 yeah, got completely it. like fucking roasted to a crisp oh. and thus was my brain <laughs> 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 yeah which is kind of when you watch the music video it's like damn those guys look like they yeah. are some hot idiots Clump right <laughs> Collective are quite a cool cool group of guys they they do some stuff they did the Katie J Pearson yeah, yeah. video came out recently for Howl I think mm. and that was a real fun video as well so they seem like a fun group to yeah, work with yeah that sounds like that shoot sounds like quite a similar vibe yeah. like a lot of silliness because they had to f- they did it I think if I'm right, they did it in the summer. Uh, so the sun set, it was all at night. So the sun didn't set until like 10 yeah. and then was going to come up at four. Yeah. But they, it was all filmed at night. So they only had like six hours or something to yeah, actually yeah. make the music video and none of them were sleeping. So it's just like apparently quite a deranged shoot. It's got <laughs> a great sense of humour to it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's um, really, really good. But they yeah. did it on a remarkably small budget considering how good it looks. Yeah. Yeah, I think, which is a testament to Clump. Yeah. Really. But um, yeah, I think Humding is a is an awesome tune, and um, I think we, we were we were tossing up between this and Soul Bucket. I think we're excited to see where the new music will will come following that Soul Bucket. Yes, it will. Being coy, <laughs> when are we? Uh, when is when is this going to come out? It might because uh, new music might already have come oh out yeah. by the time this comes out. Uh, within the within the next few weeks, months. Yeah, imminent. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah, same. yeah. <laughs> we we don't really know when it's coming out, but we have we have a new single coming out pretty soon. We just need to fucking put a plan together and make it happen. Yeah. Breakfast records. Breakfast, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, and land what camera, land camera playing it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Is that, that indulgent? <laughs> is that indulgent playing your own festival? I think it's pretty indulgent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like Chris's dream, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, it's yeah. It is funny because when we, um, when we were uh, had the idea to start the record label. Um, and put on our own gigs. I was in a band called Human Bones with my friend Jamie, and they said um, we basically we got a 
fucking raw deal. We played like a sold out gig at the Louis and the promoter wasn't a particularly nice person and gave us a tenner. A tenner? A tenner. He'd be better off giving you fuck all, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And w- when we kicked off, they were just such a cunt. of like, oh, you should be so grateful to have this gig and uh, I remember Jamie saying to me like well we'll be putting our own gigs soon and, w- and we'll just play those instead <laughs> and now here we are like yeah, seven yeah, years yeah, later just, <laughs> yeah. putting ourselves on our own fucking lineup it's stacked as well to be fair yeah, awesome lineup man. yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a good one there's um, some of my favourite people who are playing it I think are the people that people will have heard of the least Yeah. there's a band called Big Slamu playing who are just one of the most astonishing live bands in the country right and nobody knows who they are <laughs> yeah because they i think they only do you know a couple of gigs a year um but they're all just absolute fucking maestros and they're so wild and so nuts on stage like um so yeah very much looking forward to them i should probably plug some other people but fuck it just come to breakfast yeah <laughs> get your Where tickets yeah, when <laughs> is it Where september 10th so if you're listening to this after September 10th, don't worry about it. Oh, it'll be helpful. But beforehand, it's this guy's birthday a day after, so we'll. Is uh, it 9/11? We'll yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was so rapid. So we'll be there singing "Happy Birthday" in the crowd, but um, yeah. Yeah, now we actually plan on coming down. To be fair. Oh, nice. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, make sure you watch Big Slamu. We'll do. We will. I think um, they're named after. Oh fuck! Is that like? Some cartoon about like sharks in space when we were kids. Remember this? It sounds one of them, Yeah, one of them was telling me about it, and I had like a vague memory of it. But apparently, they're named after the main bad guy. <laughs> 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 That's where those it. names come from. Eh? Yeah. Oh, fair play. Big so man, playlist time. Ooh, Yeah, playlist. So we we have established one of us. Starts. One of us is going first. So Alex, are you gonna go? You yeah, go I'll go first. I'm gonna kick us straight off. I am gonna go for Courtney Barnett, History Eraser, straight off of it. 2013. Pr- nearly 10 years old now. Yeah, great tune. Off a yeah. double EP. So um, where's she? Which one's History Eraser? How does that one go? I got drunk on the sheets, but luckily I left the heater on. I'm not, I haven't yet really? to see her. She played recently in Cardiff, didn't she? Yeah. She played Tramshed in Cardiff yeah. a couple of There's weeks something, ago. something, she's so. on the bill of something that I was like, saw and I was really gutted I couldn't go to. I saw a, a festival yeah. in Italy called Beaches Brew, which is just totally and entirely free. Totally free festival. Wow. It's fucking amazing. So like on the on the coast, the it's got a, a few stages and they're just all on this beach. And the year I was there, it was like amazing. It was like Courtney Barnett played, uh, Big Thief played. Who else played? Like Ron Gallo. Crack oh, Bar. Ron Gallo. We played him on our Green Man radio set yeah. a couple of nice. years ago, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. one thing we didn't talk about. You guys got a nudes radio set, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. 
um we've been with them for years now like through all their various location changes <laughs> there's like a couple of a couple of sessions we did like in some abandoned office block <laughs> like yeah. have you done one in mickey zogs yeah yeah yeah, yeah man that's sick love the zogs we uh you got bought a pair of yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah, awesome. sweet wraparounds. Yeah. Speed, yeah, the speed dealers. <laughs> With a free yeah. shot fireball or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah damn right. Lost them that night, didn't you? No, I, d- I had them for about a week uh-huh. and I lost them in my running bag because I actually did wear them out running. <laughs> 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 One thing I love about Mickey's Zogs is that, I mean, I might be wrong about this, but to the best of my knowledge, every single member of the bar staff is really into pasta. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've had so many good conversations about pasta with so many of the guys who work there. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I like it even more. Imagine how good that would be if they just, you know, rather than a bowl of chips at a pub, just a bowl of pasta. Fresh pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Finger food ravioli. <laughs> 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 so that's your tune, History Yeah, Razor. History Razor, Courtney Barnett. Nice. You're up for your first tune. My first tune, given we are on White Ladies Road, I've gone with The White Lady Loves You More (laughs) by Marissa Anderson. Appreciate you just told everyone where I live now, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they'll all be coming to White Lady's (laughs) Road. Where the studio's at? Yeah, so (laughs) she's like an American guitar player um, who is, she's just incredible. Just plays like um, kind of American traditional instrumental country folk music. Real nice. Nice. Wicked. And it goes a little something <laughs> like this. Rilo Kylie. Do you guys know Rilo Kylie by no, any chance? No, I don't. They were like quite a staple of Saddle Creek records in Omaha, like during the late 90s, early to mid noughties. They're just like a really amazing indie rock band. Um, and I, for me, they're like really the, the best example of that uh, Omaha sound, um, like Bright Eyes and uh, yeah. loads of the other Saddle Creek artists. like. Rilo Kylie were just that, but like distilled so well. Um, the singer is called Jenny Lewis. I don't know if you've heard of her. Like she d- has a solo career as well. I'm seeing a lot of blank faces here yeah. for the listeners. No, it's but yeah. <laughs> I was trying to search my song. <laughs> You're educating us as well, no, which I'm is the key bit. Idea of yeah. The playlist is that you share the oh, is it? Okay, good. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's great if like people haven't heard it before. And I can't wait to get stuck into this now. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I fucking love Rilo Kylie. Like. I remember my sister burning me a CD when I must have been about 10 and um, it was a compilation with lots of songs from the OC on it and um, also I th- for some reason there was just a Rilo Kylie song on there and I remember thinking like oh this song's awful you know this is rubbish it's not Smash Mouth and then uh, I just wasn't ready for it <laughs> you know I came back to that compilation <laughs> CD a few years later and I was like ooh hello this <laughs> Sometimes planes, they smash up in the sky And sometimes low 
Carl? Is it me? Well, I was going to do a tune. I've just lost it. I've completely lost it. So I'm just going to fall back on a fail-safe option, something I've been listening to recently. Willie J. Healy's released a new tune, but I'm just going to pick Twin Heavy from Twin Heavy. Nice. Because I've been listening to that a lot. And he's got a very uh, Beatles-esque outro to it that I really enjoy. A bit of a reprise. Yeah. So I'm going to stick that one in. And in the next episode, I'll find the one that I was going to pick. I need my tent back. <laughs> Willie, yeah. if you're listening to this, we would really like you on and to stop ignoring our messages on Instagram. <laughs> 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 no, Willie, Willie kind of feels like, I don't know, personally, he feels a little bit like an albatross around my neck in terms of someone I'd love to get on here and interview. And, uh, like he used to live very close to here. Yeah, well, I saw him in White Lays Cycling. I was yeah. I, like, flippantly mentioned. I was like, hey, I do a podcast. You want to come on? He's like, yeah, man. And I like, I was driving for the winner now, and I was, and I, yeah, and I kind of thought, hey Willie, I kind of thought, what? And he was, I kind of thought, do you know what? He was cycling. He was going the other direction. So I, I, I was in the car, and I thought, okay, I'll say that, and then that's like a foot in the door on the Instagram message, and it was, but it, it. I did not know you were in the car. I thought you'd like a just as far. Yeah, it was a window down. <laughs> quick shout. That's good though. You're, you're, you know, you're reaching out and grabbing the opportunity with both hands. <laughs> not yeah, really not enough hands, really. Yeah, <laughs> yanked him off the bike. <laughs> in the car, brought him here, recorded. <laughs> no, I did lend him my tent recently though, and he he hasn't given me it back, and I need it this weekend. Okay. So well, that's not. Oh right. wait, no, this isn't coming out for weeks, is it? Will he? Shit. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well. Can you get it back to two weeks? When Willie comes on later this season, you can confirm whether the tent got back or not. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get him to bring it with. Yeah. Yeah. We can record it in the tent on the downs. Twin Heavy. Yeah, yeah. It's a great tune. It's a great album. Yeah, Yeah, no, incredible. I think the jump between that first album and that second album was pretty massive, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I think, said in the quickfire, I think he's the most underrated artist around the minute. And then I remember we were saying that that album. Twin Heavy is probably one of the most underrated records for me personally. It did feel, yeah, like it, it should have done better, I think. Mm. Yeah. Because they're just like, you know, there's a lot of bands that I consider to be underrated, but then when I actually think about it, they are pretty esoteric. Yeah. Whatever. But Willie mostly just writes like amazing pop songs. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's just that album. Well, I heard that album and like I heard it, kind of heard it in the circulation. And then I kind of sat down, I was like, right, I'm going to listen to it like start to finish. And I was like, shit. I was like, how is this not? been spoken about more I, I understand in circles it has been but like towards mm. the next level I thought it was a bit of a shame that it didn't but with, with albums and artists like that it kind of stands the test of time then though doesn't it yeah you know it's w- it'll always be there it won't be fleeting yeah yeah exactly yeah. he's also he's very good at thinking on his feet and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a good anecdote about Willie and it re- comes back to the tent again we went on a camping trip and we arrived at the campsite pretty much at dusk and he got his tent out and his poles had snapped in transit. Oh, no. And when I say campsite, it was a farmer's field and we hadn't asked for permission if we could camp there. So we were like, <laughs> not really sure what to do. 
and I was like, man, he is absolutely fucking boned. It's, it was starting to rain. I was like, he's just going to have to. And I was in a one man, so I wasn't going to be like, come come in, you know, <laughs> come in with me, let's spoon. It was a fucking hot night as well. It would have been sweaty. And it was incredible. He put his tent up around his bike and like somehow constructed a really stable structure yeah. with his... <laughs> It was astonishing. And you were asking him to come out your one man and go into that. It was yeah, so it looked good. pretty cozy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It looked pretty yeah. good. He had because like he had no inner sheet. He was just under his outer. He had an amazing breeze all night. Slept like a dream. I was so hot in my fucking oh, bed. Woke up the next morning like how'd you sleep? He was like yeah great. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so sweaty. Uh, good play. on you, Willie. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Willie. Uh, top of Carefully Mountain. You guys, you yeah, guys been over there? Yeah, yeah. Lovely spot. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? Yeah, we could um, we could see what's it called? Steep home or flat home? You know those islands yeah, in the Bristol yeah. Channel uh, that are like yeah. one of them's privately owned. Yeah, and the other one's owned by the by I think it's Wales, isn't it? It's it's Welsh. I think they class one as. I don't know. Yeah, good knowledge so though. Yeah, one of them's privately owned. One of them's privately owned. That is sweet. <coughs> Shire <an> Island <laughs> <laughs> in the Bristol Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Quick dip. Well, back to you, then, Josh. Yeah. Um, back on two. Right. Let me have a th- what we've got next is a track called Calvary, which I've been listening to a lot lately by somebody called Baby D. Um, and Baby D um, is, I think she's on Drag City, um, which is quite an amazing label. And I was looking through just their back catalogue recently and found Baby D and. yeah she's just really astonishing and we talked about willie being underrated but like baby d has like 900 monthly listeners and she's 70 she's been putting out music for like 40 years or something and she's just completely gone under the radar and i was listening to it and thinking like this really sounds like um anthony and the johnsons and then i went on her wikipedia page and turns out she she is great friends with Anthony and the Johnsons and wrote loads of their music for wow. them and um, yeah that's quite validating for your knowledge as well isn't it when you go well the you when you hear the voice it's like yeah. honestly like just the singing voice alone sounds so much like um, yeah. Anthony from Anthony and the Johnsons whose name I think is Anony now I think they got rid of the T Anony right yeah but um, yeah it's just a really She's just got the most amazing voice. It's a really sad little song. One night as I lay sleeping, I heard children singing a song. When I woke up, I was weeping. Velvet Elvis by Casey Musgraves is well the okay, next track. Nice. You guys know this song? I don't know the song, but I've, I've heard a lot about Casey it, Musgraves. You're going to fall in love with this song, I'm telling you. Really? It's, it's amazing. It's like the perfect intersection of pop and country. Um, was this off the album, she, the latest album? No, I think it was... I think it's the one before that. Because uh, she got divorced and then she wrote the divorce breakup album, but this Country, this yeah. is the one before that I think. And I didn't know who Casey Musgraves was uh, until one time I was in like a dive bar in Tennessee. I was on a little road trip, and on the TV they were showing some country music awards, and Casey Musgraves won won one of them. And this woman at the bar 
flew off the handle and was like, like hell is Casey Musgraves <laughs> a country artist? And was like, she was just like, looked like she was about to throw her fucking glass at the wall. She was so angry and one of her friends was going like, she's country, man. She's real country. She ain't country. Man. She don't deserve to win that award. You're my velvet Elvis. I really think she is quite an amazing songwriter. Yeah. Like, it's very easy to turn your nose up at a lot of popular music. Especially, yeah. like, country pop is quite a, like... Yeah. I don't feel like that's a very trendy genre, necessarily. <laughs> trendy. <laughs> trendy. <laughs> Fucking hell, using words it's like It's kind of dad. like... <laughs> this is a... Very trendy. Different kind of genre. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to make me sound like a dad, but w- at Glastonbury this year, Alex and I went to watch Olivia Rodrigo. Simply Fucking, she was unreal. Simply because I was just like, I want to see what this is about, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and it was madness. It was fucking madness. Like, she actually captured the crowd. To be fair, yeah, like, we got swept up in it, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and Lily Allen came out. Yeah. Fuck you, fuck you, very, very. Yeah. Well. I don't know that well. She, she's like kind of Avril Lavigne style. Yeah, yeah. tapping into that. She's like, like eighteen. She's been heartbroken about fifty times. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, n- not discrediting her because her songs. Like really, you know, incredible when they captured the audience, and I was like, it was mad to see. She actually got the British crowd as well. Yeah. To be fair, though, didn't she? Yeah, like, usually. Yeah, that's just cool. Like, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, Jimmy. Uh, so I got to spin a bit of yarn with this one. So there was once a night before lockdown, and I was going to see the Murlocs because obviously big fan of Giz, love Pipe Bay. Yeah, uh, love the Murlocs as well, and I came to see the Murlocs in Thecla. And there was a uh, band supporting them, um, who just like captured me from the get go. Are you gonna Are you gonna talk about Gork? Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that Ed from Gork, the yeah. lead singer of Gork, is the guitarist in Landcamer. No way. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that that you called it. I like this. I like yeah. this cross it. Well, I I, re- I remember that show. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hell of a show. But the, the thing that got me was when the spoons came out. <laughs> I have holly in that spoon. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm going, going for a breakfast records tune. Nice. By Gork. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. You actually and talked about them a lot when, uh, like, after the show. I was only 15, but I felt 35. When they handed me a hammer and a stick by my side, they was kicking and screaming and blood and stuff as I watched them. Inside scoop, please. Uh, another one. Um, another I one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I haven't got this wrong, but I think that um, the Murlocs, like tour manager or maybe the promoter of the show or somebody, said to Gork, like, um, the Murlocs are not going to share backline. They do not want to share backline. You guys have to bring your own drum kit, your own bass amp, your own guitar amps, everything. And they were like, yeah, cool, no worries, whatever. We'll bring that. It's obviously a bit annoying, but whatever. And they uh, they arrived at the venue and the Murlocs. Um, 
saw them loading their stuff in and just went like, oh, you can just use our stuff if you want. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, they said you didn't want to share. They were like, oh, you fucking borrow whatever you want. Borrow the guitar if you want. No oh, way. Sorry about the Australian accent. Is <laughs> any Australians listening there? Um, but yeah, that's unreal. It makes it, like it, I think it was quite nice for um, for the Gork guys because yeah. obviously you know they're thinking like, oh, why don't they want to share well, did with they? us? Yeah. yeah, did they? What did, did they take them up or at that point were they just like, fuck it? Oh, that's a good question. That I can't answer. No. Apparently, Ed had come on the show. Yeah. Well, that's enough for the scoops. That's the last of the scoops. But hey, you were talking hey, about hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What the guys sporting bands, I went up and bought I went and bought a t shirt then. Did you? Is that the pink tee? No, no, it was a white one. Oh. It's, it's in the bin now. Is it the one, w- is it the one with the box? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, those were just the worst t shirts ever. I've had the Chucky though, because it wore it so much the pits of yellow on it. Oh. <laughs> also, did it shrink? Yeah, big time. Mine like shrink. <laughs> my my mate had one and his because another inside scoop. They bought the cheapest t shirts they could possibly <laughs> get and they screen printed them themselves. And the t-shirts were such bad quality that uh, they all just warped in the wash. Yeah. And so my friends got one where the the design is actually now like underneath the armpit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely gone to one side of the t-shirt. You get those t-shirts and they shrink, and like your armpits are like being like held up by like a coat hanger. It feels <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But I'm not complaining. It was only a favour. Yeah. And no. a couple of badges. It's a great business well. model, really. Yeah, Make it, it yourselves and charge a fiver for it. <laughs> and people oh. will be talking about them for years. <laughs> years and years <laughs> to come. We make ours ourselves and charge 15. <laughs> no, I do love Gork, though. They were, they were an astonishing band. Yeah. Lovely bunch. Check out the drummer's new project, The Rothmans. Okay. Another local band. Kind of local. I mean, it's him. He's from the Isle of Wight. And three guys from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. But they are in Bristol, yeah. so I guess that makes them <laughs> a local oh, yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're they're a really great band. Oh, nice! And we'll be rolling in then. The last two, two. bring us home. Yeah. Um, I'm going with "The Weight" by the Staples Singers. Okay. Um, it's a cover of the band. Um, we the band was one of our main reference points when we started Lankhammer. Um, I was listening to a lot of the band at the time, and. Um, you know, we, we never had too much of a conversation about what we wanted to sound like. I think, you know, you, you've just got to kind of get in the room and make the noise. But I definitely remember thinking it'd be quite cool to do like do something a bit like the band, but make it a bit more 90s, a bit more pavement maybe. And then we had several nights on, on tour where people come up and they're like, oh, it's amazing. It's like the band, but with pavement <laughs> in there. Like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, it's working. It's working. Um, but you know when you listen to a song so much, you can't fucking ever listen to it again. Um, I kind of had that with the band's version of this song. And then I heard this cover and was like, it's back. I can listen to this song <laughs> again. Yeah. And then um, I was reading about them and it's, they're just quite a funny sounding bunch, the staple singers. It was like a family. So it's like a dad and his daughters basically <laughs> making like lovely gospel music yeah. and kind of old timey soul music. Real nice. Hey, mister, can you tell me where I can find a bed? Just grin and shook my hand. No, is all he said. Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load for free. Take a load off, Fanny. And put the load right on me. Alright, alright, alright. So that concludes our first episode of Season 3. Many thanks to Josh for dropping by and spinning the arm with us. We're chomping at the bit to hear Lankhammer's new single that is en route 
And after listening to that episode, I'm sure you are too. So go check out all the great stuff that Josh and Co are doing with Lang Kammer and Breakfast Records at their socials with Lang Kammer Band and Breakfast underscore Records, respectively. Hang on tight for the remainder of the season. It's going to be a ripper. Sit down and soak it up.